Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Clarks. I'm Javian. And I'm Tyler. And today we have a really special guest. We have Alfonso Horn, trumpet player, educator, composer, arranger, a great human being. What else can I say? <laughs> He's an active freelancer in New York City. He's played with Alan Stone, Jazz and Lincoln Center, uh, the late night show with Stephen Colbert with John Baptiste. He's done Broadway. He's a graduate of Florida State University, which is where JV and I know him. And he also graduated from Juilliard. So please, round of applause for Alfonso Horn. Alfonso, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, uh, thank sir. You. Thank you, sir. It's so good to see y'all. Um, so I'm so fortunate to be here. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. So before we uh, kind of jump into our questions that we have for you today, Tyler and I, we kind of like to start off each show with something that we think is so important, which is coffee. So let me ask you, Tyler, are you drinking any coffee today? So I had some this morning, but because it's in the afternoon, I like to, you know, taper off my caffeine intake. Mm. So I'm actually drinking some decaf tea right now. Oh. So a little chai, a little chai tea, decaf. Uh, so the way I do it, I, I put it in the French press. I let it steep in that and then press uh, it down. And yeah, a little technique there. Um, measure it out, you know, that kind of thing. That's fancy. But, uh, that's real fancy. Hey, you know, best of both worlds. That way, if you want something to kind of calm you down in the evening. So, uh, yeah, no coffee right now, but but tea. What about you? Well, you know, it doesn't really matter what time of the day is for me. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> uh, I, I'm drinking um, this medium roast um by perks coffee which is out of savannah georgia um this is their honduras blend it's a medium blend um so that's what i'm drinking today um i went with a small dose you know just like a half a cup since it is the afternoon this is how i taper off rather than the ah, okay <laughs> um so yeah that's what i'm drinking today you know i, I did a uh, a pour over you know standard so you know. You know, yeah 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 you know um so getting uh putting my uh, Chemex to some good use these days uh, as much as possible. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Fonzo, you, do, do, do you drink? I don't know. Are you a coffee drinker or are you a tea drinker? Or uh, Yeah, definitely tea. I've tried. I've tried. You would think I, like, because, you know, when, before the quarantine, I was like really, really busy and not sleeping much. So you would think I would drink a lot of coffee, but I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> or I get really jittery. I get really jittery. Oh, yeah. and like, I, I have a really respo bad response to it. Now, every now and then I'll have like an espresso or something <laughs> like that. Cause it's just a quick shot and I'm like, woo, let's go. Or yeah, like yeah. espresso beans, like I'll snack on that. Or um, uh, energy, like the B12 gummies, you know, mm -hmm. or Urban Monte is like my thing. I love um, Urban Monte. Um, the little drinks. Um, so I just have, well, I have this cute cup. I'm trying to imitate it. Yeah. That is cute. <laughs> it was a Christmas gift. Um, so I have this cute cup um, and I'm just drinking some green juice right now. So nice. <laughs> I had a late night last night. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's our coffee talk for today. Very unique. <laughs> yeah. Very unique. Uh, so question for you. Yeah. So what gave you the drive to invest your time and effort into your craft? How did that get started? And it seems like my time around, you've always been very internally motivated. Mm. So like what sparked that? Mm. I, ha I have to, I have to give, you know, a shout out to my, my upbringing, the way that I was raised, I was raised spiritually. Um, and you know, and and that was something that I think for me, I always had a personal connection to the divine, whatever you want to call it, to the universe, to God, whatever. And so I always was asking myself, you know, the, the deeper questions, always reflecting. And um, one of my favorite mantras that I love telling people is like, if you feed the passion, the passion will feed you. Um, and so whatever that is. And so for me, and like, like you know, like, that's what we're all discovering during this time is that we're, you know, that we have to look at ourselves more than just musicians, uh, not just music and playing for people. What else are you interested in? What is like your full passion? Like look at your body as an instrument. That's the way I like to see it is that my body is an instrument, meaning that I love to dance. I love yoga. I love theater. I love to sing and I love the trumpet 
but the trumpet is an expression of who I am and it's only one aspect. And there, like I was, um, there was a, um, I hung out with Herbie Hancock for, um, Ron Carter's um, 75th birthday. Um, we did like a special presentation at Juilliard and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell this story too, but, uh, you know, but in the, in the, you know, in backstage, he was just like, everybody knows me as Herbie Hancock, the musician, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, you know, to my kids, I'm a father, you know, um, to, you know, my mother, I'm, I'm, I'm a son, you know, I'm all of these different things. I'm not just, um, Herbie Hancock, the musician. There's so much, there's so many other roles that I play in my life, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll just give this side story. Cause I think it's really funny that when I, they asked me to, uh, write an arrangement of one of Ron Carter's pieces. And so at that time I didn't know better. Like I wrote like, you know, six, seven page arrangement, you know, I'm trying to go in. So <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, like with, with older musicians, you gotta, it, it needs to be in and out one page, two pages. That's it. Lead sheet. Hello. But I like wrote this intricate arrangement and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean by this chord? Like, it was like, whatever, I forget whatever chord it was some crazy chord. And so I went to the piano and I was like, oh, I was thinking about this voicing. And then I got called into the office. It's like, oh, I heard you were showing Herbie Hancock how to play the piano. I was like, oh. I was like, no, I was just, he asked me what I was thinking and I just wanted to plug out the car. He's like, no, well, that's that's what we heard. I was like, oh my God, no. Anyway. That's awesome. um, dude, I do not know if I answer your question. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, that sums it up right there. I mean, your upbringing and, and that deeper spiritual sense. I mean, that, I feel like that. I mean, Jamie and I talk about it. The why, like why we do things, and if your why is strong enough, it'll carry you through different seasons mm -hmm. of your life. And so, whatever season you're in, whether it was like middle school, high school, undergrad, graduate school, getting started and well, like freelancing in your career. I mean, it seems like you've always have, I mean, that why can surely change over time and mm -hmm. adapt, but if it's strong enough to keep you going, like sometimes you don't second guess. If like you understand, like, like you said, this is just part of you. It's mm -hmm. not all of you. It's an aspect of who you are. Exactly. Well, I mean, and you know, and it's, it's a good story to tell of like how I started out playing was with my father. My father is a musician and you know, as I was saying that, like, I had other interests, you know, I wanted to be dancing and doing theater and stuff like that, like more musical theater type of stuff. And, you know, my dad showed me how to play the trumpet. He used to, he doesn't play trumpet as a profession, but he used to play trumpet um, in high school. Uh, and he's mainly a blues pianist and singer. Um, and yeah, and, and he worked with Jim, like Jim worked at pro music. I don't know if you remember pro music in Jacksonville. I do. Yeah. yeah. But my dad fixed instruments and worked at pro music and Jim was there for a while too. But, uh, he, you know, he took me, that was my first experience in gigging and all that, that whole lifestyle. I mean, there were places that I shouldn't have gone to at the age, <laughs> of, age of 13, but you know, my dad, my dad showed me the road life very early. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i think for me the moment that i was like okay music is like what i want to do obviously i was passionate like in you know what we're you know it's like i'm a passionate person y'all are passionate people too you know what i mean but like i whatever i choose to do i'm very indecisive but when i choose to do it i like to go in and like you know um do the thing uh <laughs> but but um it was for me, my moment was in college at FSU. And during the summer, I needed some bread. I needed money, obviously. And I worked, uh, I worked for Cutco. Y'all remember Cutco? Uh, the knife company. The knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and there were aspects about it that I love, like, cause I, I love like meeting new people and getting to know, you know, people. So I love that part, like just knocking on people's doors and saying, Hey, what's up? Uh, but I mean, imagine that like now, like <laughs> <laughs> cut goes out of business, I suppose. But anyway, uh, 
I, I did that, but I hated the corporate vibe. I hated the like pyramid scheme, that whole thing. And then the other job that I had was like uh, working for a dentist office. Um, and and they were friends of ours, of like family friends. And I had fun with them, but like the actual gig was like, you know, no fun, you know? <laughs> and, um, and that was my moment where I was like, oh, let me figure out what my passions are. And, and my passion is music. And like, let me put as much energy, as, you know, let me feed this passion so that it can come back to me. Um, and I was like, I knew from then on that I had to like have a career in music. And I'm like, you know, and I feel like we're all so lucky to have a career in the creative arts because most people have to do jobs like that, are jobs that they hate to do, to make money, to make, to survive. And I feel very blessed and very grateful to to just be making a living out of something that I love, you know, um, and to be given that opportunity, you know, but, and, and it, yeah, anybody young looking at this, you know, anybody who's trying to figure out what they do, it's like, really figure out what your passion is, you know, and what you love to do, and just do that, and it'll come back to you, and everything, like, all your passions, not just whatever one specific thing. Because like when you go to college, it's like, oh, I'm a classical player, I'm a jazz player, I'm ba 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 ba. But like I think once you get out of that system, it's like you realize, oh, you know, like for 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 me, for instance, like I who knew that that passion for theater would come back. But like mm -hmm. a lot of my work now is involved with the theatrical projects and stuff like that. So uh, just being honest about where you are um and what your passions are and where and how you want to feed them okay i'm done sorry <laughs> oh, that's great no, that's that's great that makes absolutely uh, good sense i mean like tyler said we talk about that all the time you know mm -hmm. you know feeding the person not just the trumpet player and you know yeah. and, and being well-rounded and mm -hmm. having those interests outside of music you know you're, you're more than just a trumpet player so that's absolutely true mm -hmm. um so here's another question for you uh Who's been your biggest influence over the years? I know you talked about your dad and getting you started, but you know anybody else outside of that? <laughs> oh, can I can I give a couple people? <laughs> oh, absolutely! You can go as many as you want. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, I would say a big transition for me was actually Lord Hill. I not not current, not Miss Hill. Okay. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> Not the current Lord, but for me, the, the moment in Lauren's career that changed my life was the MTV Unplugged, you know? Oh, yeah. All guitar. Uh, I love that and, album. Yeah. And listening to her, well, one, she's like one of the best lyricists ever, but listening to like what she said, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's what brought me, that's what made me get in touch with like who I am as a person. Like, well, like one of her lines, one of her, my favorite lines is like the, real you is better than the fake somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she was talking about her career, all these people that like, you know, like, you know, 20 people behind her pushing her up to be the Lauren Hill. And she's like, she forgot who she was in that process, you know? And so even that day for MTV Unplugged, you know, her, her throat is mm -hmm. raspy, you know, it's not the best we've ever heard her play. And she's like, yeah, I was sick coming into this. And I was like, going back and forth, should I do this? But like, I'd rather show my authentic self and show where I am and be truthful and honest, you know? And that was like the first time that I looked at life from that kind of perspective. This was like, what, I was like 17 or 18 at the time. And so I was like, oh, you know, you gotta look good. You gotta be fly. You gotta like, <laughs> it's all about a presentation. And for me, like, even then, like, you know, around the, the band kids, I was like, whatever. The, that type of fonts, but then around church, I was that type of fonts. And then around the family, I was a different type of person around people. And so instead, it, it was the first time that I started to ask the deeper question of who is the real me? Who is that? And um, I have to thank Lauren Hill for that. Um, mm -hmm. So Lauren Hill is one of those people. Then Marcus Roberts is definitely what, up there. Um, I mean, Jim too. I'll give a shout out to Jim. Uh, <laughs> um, because Jim was, you know, the very first person that really taught me the meaning of discipline <laughs> and, and fundamentals, like, and, and, and how it applies in all areas of life, though. Like, you know, obviously it was with trumpet. Like, these are the building blocks of trumpet. Uh, for him, it was you know, sound, flexibility, articulation, 
finger dexterity scales and stuff like that, you know, and understanding the building blocks, the fundamentals of trumpet. Um, but then, you know, as you do that, you build that kind of discipline, but then you think about that for life. What are the fundamentals of life? What are, what are my big values or anything that you're learning? Like if you're yeah, learning how to bike, if you're learning how to dance, whatever it is that like, what are the fundamentals and really getting down to the bare bones of that. And so like, you know, my roommates make fun of me all the time. Cause every time I pick up the trumpet is either low tones or I'm buzzing or free buzzing. They're like, when are you going to play a song? Like, what? <laughs> And I'm like, it, it, for me, it's just like, I can just do an hour long tones and then I'm ready for the gig or whatever. You know, I mean, that's changed. My schedule, you know, obviously my routine has changed over time and we can talk about that if there's time. But like for, for, for me, it, you know, it was like understanding, uh, yeah, like I said with him, like the fundamentals and the discipline and putting that in every area of my life. Um, I learned that from Jim. Um, and Marcus Roberts, for me, he was another person that like taught me about feet and the passion and all that kind of stuff, because that, that I love this story too with him is that my first lesson with him, he asked me, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I was expecting you to tell me what I need to work on and I'll come back next week and get, have that together for you. He was like, no, do not come into my office ever again until you know what you want to do with your life. You know, um, and so I, the next week I like wrote out a five year plan <laughs> of nice. what I wanted to do. Well, actually what I really did, I'll tell you the truth that what I actually did was ask myself when I'm on the deathbed, what I want to look back on. Mm. Um, and that's, and that's what I tell like my students too. It's like that I have like a questionnaire thing and I'm like, you know, you don't have to answer that question. You know, it's a very big question, but try to go as far as you can, you know, where do you see yourself, your life? Like for me, I started, yeah, like from the end, <laughs> it worked my way backwards of all the things that I wanted to do and charted that out and, and just like kind of a vision board, basically, you know, wrote all of those things out. And for me, it wasn't like, okay, now I got to do, you know, I'm like constantly looking at it and like etching it out in the body. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't that. It was just like, I just want to like paint on the wall, just throw out all the things that I would love to do in my life, you know, and want to look back on what, what, what is that? What is that? And for me, like, it's something that I look at maybe every couple months, you know, I'll just, I'll just go back to that list. I'll go back and look at it. And, and I, I'm always shocked and surprised that like, this is close actually, you know, that if I actually just allow those things to come to me, not instead of trying to force it and hammer it out, it's like, if I actually just give it space, it will come, it will come, you know, um, and trusting that what I put out into the universe will come back to me, you know? Um, mm. And so that was one of the first lessons, yeah, from Marcus. Uh, and then when I came into the office, he's like, I did not ask you to do all of that. <laughs> but really, like, you know, like, because I, I feel like with teachers, it, it taught me a very good, like, how to be a real teacher in that way, in the sense of, like, I feel like with a lot of teachers, it can be like, this is my agenda for you. You mm -hmm. need to do blah, 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 blah. And my question is always, what do you want to do? And how can I help you along this journey? You know, um, I, I'm like, I, I want to word this the right way because I don't want to call anybody out. But there's a, there, there's a student that like um, was a great, great trumpet player, great composer, great pianist. And... And everyone at the school was like, well, you need to choose. You need to, you need to be in the lane, either piano or trumpet. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. Let's try to figure out, like, can we get him piano lessons as well as trumpet lessons, as well as composition lessons? Let's just figure out a curriculum just for him. And, and, you know, he like broke down in one of the lessons, you know, because I was the only person that asked him what he wanted to do, you know, but I feel like that is, as a teacher, that is the fundamental question for every student is like, what do you want to do? And how can I help you along in that journey? You know? Um, so Marcus was, you know, and is a great teacher, great mentor, great friend, you know, even till today. And, you know, um, I, he's another one that taught me about, you know, discipline and like, you know, with him, we would be in rehearsals for hours at FSU. Like we would rehearse till 2 a.m. in the morning, go to Waffle House, then I have to <laughs> wake up for theory at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> one of my favorite stories about Marcus is um, I, and tell me if I'm talking too much because yeah. no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. What, one of my favorite stories with uh, with Marcus is when uh, we did this recording. So when we came back to FSU, what year was this? Like 2014, something like that. 2015. It was one of the seven days thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, at FSU. So we had a concert, but he used it. He used that week to rehearse us to death, obviously. But then to re- his goal was to record 10 records, you know, uh, in that week. We only got seven, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's an amazing feat for like a week to record that many albums. And so it was like the last day we were about to go to soundcheck. Everybody was, everybody got sick because we were, if we weren't rehearsing, we were teaching, we were teaching, we were recording. It was just like a crazy week. And uh, everybody was sick by the end of the week. And uh, it was right before soundcheck where he was like, hey, you know, I, you know, I appreciate you all coming down, but like, you know, this is the only t- opportunity that, it, that we have to record like this, you know, and we're still really behind, you know, <laughs> <laughs> on these recordings. So I'm just wondering, is everybody okay with like coming back after the concert <laughs> to record some more? <laughs> and and no one, everybody was too scared to say anything because it's Marcus Roberts. So, but uh, one of the musicians was like, "Hey, you know, I I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think we did everything we could, but then." There was like a fortune cookie. We we had Chinese food, and there was a fortune cookie. And the fortune cookie said, "We're not here just to survive. We're here to create." Mm. <laughs> We're like, okay, I guess we got our answer. <laughs> That's funny. So we came back after the recording set. After not that sorry, we came back uh, to record after the concert, and recorded till like one o'clock and like jason marsalis missed his flight his six o'clock flight because yeah we recorded until like one or two in the morning at Lester's house um and then definitely definitely another person i have to yeah i'll give a shout out to is uh winton obviously um and 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 that still baffles me <laughs> and i mean obviously my relationship with him was through marcus roberts but you know obviously winston you know is is in you know most people's in, including my like hero like he is like the reason why i play the trumpet the way that i do for me my ins- inspiration was inspirational point was you know here's a black man like prolifically like playing the classical trumpet and jazz it's like possible to do both at a very very high level Uh, and to see how he operates in many rooms I was just telling my roommate that like he can be in a room with a bunch of billionaires you know uh, talking it up and be able to talk to people on that level but then he can go to like a low income neighborhood or wherever and play ball with kids and be able to have a conversation with people on that at that level too. just every level of humanity like he's able to speak to and to inspire. Um, Yeah, so like for me, my uh, inspirational point with him was yeah, when I came up to New York, I was that I'm still am baffled by how much he loves and supports me. I'm like confused by it. and it scares me <laughs> to be quite honest it's like because i'm still like i'm still terrified of him because he's like so such an amazing human being and such an amazing musician you know and like how could i even <laughs> be in his presence you know what i mean type of situation and so uh to be loved and supported by someone like him is you know um you know is is just beautiful for me um and i'm beyond grateful for that relationship but he one of the things that he told me um was that like everyone competes for like everybody's trying to compete against the other person to be like oh i'm the top this i'm the top that and it's like the only spot that you're competing for in life is your own spot at your spot it does not belong to anyone but you and the competition is with yourself not with someone else you know um and so that, you know, especially first coming up to New York, I felt like I had to, oh, you know, like 
to be considered, I have to like be the top player, blah, 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 blah. But here's someone like Whitney telling me, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Just do you, be you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and life will, life will make room for that. You, you are here for a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's enough people for that. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. That's a great that's list. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great lessons too. It's yeah. awesome. So speaking of which, uh, talking about New York, what was your transition like from being a student to a full-time musician working in New York City? Um, this kind of goes back to the expectation versus reality. Like, was it what you expected or drastically different or talk to us a little bit about that? Well, and, and I'm grateful to like, you know, and I think that that's also my upbringing too, that like, uh, I mean, it comes with its pros and cons, obviously, we all know. But for me, I'm, gratitude is a practice for me. <laughs> and so always, you know, it, it, and it's, it's a difficult balance because it's like if you, if you, and I'll, I'll get to this, I'll get to answering the question. But for me, it's like if you um, say yes to everything, then you're depleted and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you want to be grateful for what comes to you, you know? And so in the beginning for me, it was like, yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> can you stand out of your head and play trumpet? Yes, I can. Um, but I think for me, that kind of humility actually started before graduating for like, I worked, um, I played uh, with the Disney all American college band. And that mm. was a moment where I was like, I, I felt like I was above it. Like I, you know, I want to be a real serious jazz musician not you know dance around at disneyland <laughs> but um but i ended up having a lot of fun and i learned a lot about myself and learned about the the purpose of making music but i'll get into that in a little bit but um you know i like in the beginning i was just like oh this is the corporate machine blah 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 disney da da da, da. and at the end, like, you know, like with, with that program, like it was the mantra was like five shows a day, five days a week. And there would be fans that would come to every show <laughs> every day for that entire summer. And like, if there were people that missed it, they would like find us on Facebook and messages be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was in traffic, blah, 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 blah. And, and I remember this, specific moment that there was there was a there was a little there was a younger kid that was like stuck in a wheelchair and whenever we came out he would get out of his wheelchair in a little bit and like wave and all that kind of stuff and towards the end of the summer his mom came to us like in tears like you you can't that's the only time he comes out of his wheelchair and i just want to thank y'all for what you do you know uh, and I was just like, okay, I, I will tease it up for anybody. <laughs> yeah. I will tease it up and like play Disney on my head dance to like, uh, like that's the purpose of music is to uplift people. That's why I'm here at Disneyland. That's mm -hmm. why I'm here playing music is to, if that, for that one kid out there to, to inspire that one kid out there to, to uplift people. That's the purpose of music. Music is medicinal, it's healing. Um, it's a healing mechanism. Um, but anyway, I'll go back to, yeah, <laughs> graduating was yes, 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 yes to everything. And um, they, I mean, and, and like I said, I, I'm really grateful to have um, such a beautiful relationship with Winston because he was producing a Broadway musical after midnight and that was my first gig, like real gig after uh, graduating. And, and it was like a dream come true. And it was like my inner child, the theater side of myself coming out, like, and seeing, you know, that, oh, I could play jazz and do the theater thing. And, and like, you know, a lot of people in the cast being around my age and like, uh, you know, like the, I was the youngest person in the band, of course, cause like in the jazz world, um, you know, there's uh, the gigs that I was getting were with a lot of older musicians. So here's like dancers and singers and actors, you know, around my age that I can like hang out with and kick it with, which I de definitely did. Um, so Broadway, yeah, the the After Midnight show was like the fir very first gig, but I was like gigging a lot outside of that too. I was like doing a lot of trad, like, uh, yeah, like trad, brunches, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, in the Broadway show it was like eight shows a week, but um 
and the, yeah, eight shows a week. But then I also like on the weekend, it would be like, I play a brunch gig. Then I do the matinee. Then after the matinee, I do like some like lunch gig or, or dinner gig really um, somewhere at a speakeasy type of thing. And then I um, do the eight o'clock Broadway show. And then after that, I would do like a Diz- Dizzy's like late night show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, oh my God, like just a bunch of gigs. And then I actually developed a chop issue. Um, and for me, what what happened was I had to take time off, uh, like a good month off. And I remember I was I, I was uh, in the Broadway show, Greg Gitzberg, great, you know, we all know Greg, is amazing trumpet player, amazing lead player, and soloist as well just amazing human being but he was like bro this is your career you need to take time off but i just graduated so i'm like uh no i'm not taking one day (laughs) off (laughs) but i could i could squander some of the money at the club later on after the gig so whatever anyway (laughs) anyway um he was like this is your career you need to take time off and you need to change equipment because back then I was just playing on big stuff, you know. Um, and but you because I wanted my dark, you know, jazz sound, blah blah blah. And he was like, him and Mark Glow were just like, you need to find the most efficient piece of equipment as possible. Then you will develop your sound from there. The sound, the sound is here. The sound is here, not in the equipment. Not yeah, not in the equipment. The equipment is there to be efficient for where you are with your body, you know. Um, so anyway, so I had to take time off and, uh, do long tones. And what, what actually, <laughs> uh, helped me was the Clark Gordon method of long tones, um, mm-hmm. which is like, should I be nerding out like this? Oh, Sorry. go ahead. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I want to know too. I want to know too. Sure. <laughs> anyway, the Clark Gordon method was just doing a long tone as, as, as long as you can. And when the, when you run out, you crescendo. And then however long that was, whatever, 30, 45, a minute, whatever it is, you rest for that amount of time too. So you start from the bottom, you go, not from the bottom, you start from like C and go up as high as you can, then like take a 10 minute break and then start at C and then go as low as you can. And I had to do that for like a month to like rebuild, you know, my chops and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so... Uh, so after graduating, those are some things that happened. And then one great gig that kind of changed my perspective of music as well was the gig with Alan Stone, um, soul pop artist. And um, and it was, yeah, it was fun party times, obviously. But the the takeaway for me was like, on the stage, he's he's the son of a of a pastor, so like he grew up playing worship music and all that kind of stuff. So the reason why I say that is because the functionality of the music it, it wasn't like it wasn't like a for example like James Brown the music got to be tight blah blah blah. Right. It wasn't about the music being perfect. He was like I don't like and we would pray before every show, our whole hands and you know whatever set our attentions before the show and he's like I'm, I'm here to like you know like it's not about making every note perfect it's about like you know reaching the people and like it, every show he would go out into the audience hold hands and you know all that kind of stuff um imagine that now anyway but yeah. <laughs> but um and we just had fun on stage I got to I got to sing background I got to dance you know um uh, it was, I would be dripping in sweat. Like after every gig, I, would, I had to wear like a tape top because I'd be like dancing so hard and sweating so hard. And it was a lot of fun. And then I got called to audition to be a director for this um, youth jazz orchestra. And I remember coming back to New York and like seeing the, seeing the kids, the students like behind their like, you know, stand just like, okay, well, here's another jazz rehearsal, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, I can't come back to this this lifestyle. I cannot, know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, look, this is, I don't know if you're gonna ever choose me to be the director, but like this, this is not, this is not how we're gonna teach, you know, this is not how we're gonna play music. Music is used, as I said before, used to uplift, used to heal. Mm-hmm. Like I do not, to be a part of the system because before I would do the same thing like in rehearsals or like a gig I would I would be like oh you know do we're we're the drink tickets okay like <laughs> like just clocking in to every gig just clocking in clocking out 
and not treating it as an opportunity to touch somebody's life, to heal somebody, to uplift somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that Alan Stone gig, that was when I really learned that lesson that if I ever present a show, like it, whatever style of music, even if it's jazz, it's like the person that has no idea what instrument I'm playing, like how can I convince them or change their perspective of music or change their perspective of jazz? Maybe they never heard of jazz before, whatever. I want to present that music to that person, not like the elitist person that like knows every record, not just that person. Yeah. You know, I want to reach the people that don't know anything about this music and and hopefully change their lives. You know, awesome. we all have that opportunity. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, yeah, I hope that answers some of the questions. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we're, we're living in interesting times now, mm-hmm. uh, where do you see the music scene heading post-COVID, particularly in, in New York? And uh, do you think things will resume as normal or will it be changed forever? I mean, I think, yeah, time, nothing is... Well, okay, history repeats itself, obviously. We know that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I feel like, you know, even with this, you know, I mean, we had the Spanish flu 100 years ago. So, like, mm-hmm. even with this um, pandemic, this current pandemic, you know, is uh, a repetition of what what's happened in the past. But I don't think it's like uh, we go back to normal or we go back to whatever it is. I think it will we will never, you know, like we'll be talking to our grandkids about this, you know, <laughs> like all of the stuff that has happened to us personally and in the world, like has never happened before. And it's going to forever change our perspective of life just personally. And as, as a nation, as, as the world, you know, as a globe of people, you know, as the world, you know, I think we won't ever um, go back to, things as like quote unquote normal i think it's just we're we're finding a new path we're finding a new way forward um and and i think it's going to be people more engaged with with each other i think you know one of the things at least for me my takeaways is how grateful i you know like i took those plane flights or whatever the thing is i took all those things for granted like all of those times with people are like in a crowd of people or whatever you yeah. know like I took those moments for granted that human connection. And I think, you know, after, after this pandemic, you know, after, you know, after the vaccines and all that kind of stuff, we're going to be a lot more grateful for each other. At least like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have like five roommates. It's made all of us a lot closer um, and a lot more grateful for each other. And, you know, we've been, of course, there's moments, you know, (laughs) (laughs) of course, but because we're stuck together, we're forced to have those hard conversations and to actually move forward. You know, I think before we'd be mad at each other and then like just fly away to whatever gig and never talk about it again. But now we're forced to like talk to each other and have those hard conversations. So as far as like, the music scene, um, you know, I I feel like, yeah, people are going to be, at least even just my mild, you know, um, uh, you know, like just playing outside, um, not anymore, and we'll talk about that, but like in the, like I would say in the summer, you know, I would busk or play outside with some friends and seeing how people were like oh my god music blah 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 blah. so i think people will be like way more um invested are ready to like listen to music way more engaged to it mm-hmm. um on a personal level but then also we have you know the avenue of virtual reality that like oh you know i don't have to like fly to whatever university to teach i can i can teach here um virtually so there's that avenue too we have that you know hopefully it doesn't become only that but we you know we we learn we're forced to like learn these new skills you know um the virtual online skills are just you know uh, most musicians yeah we uh, I, I got all the recording equipment now and like yeah we're doing this podcast we're like learning new skills um uh, and it's and it's making us smarter and stronger um i do believe that you know and i think it's a great reset a reboot for the planet. Mm. <laughs> I know I like- the earth is very grateful. So <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I, I like the idea. It's, it's a reboot. 
of yeah. society in, in some sense, yeah, for better or worse. But I think in some ways, especially musically speaking, it is for the best, you know, because we I have all these I new think. avenues, you know, virtual learning and teaching and presenting concerts and master classes that we never really thought about doing prior to being forced to do it, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, I think it is a reboot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's good. So Currently, do you have any goals in place? I mean, it doesn't have to be like music related, um, but what are some things that you're working on in your life or things that you are actively trying to uh, seek out? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay. That's a loaded question, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got time. We're good. <laughs> no, um, for, for me, I mean, my goal, I have a lot, but the main one is balance. Um, <laughs> that is, I'm, I'm someone that, as you know, I operate in extremes and I, um, and I've had to suffer from it. <laughs> and um, I'm really working on how to be balanced in every area of my life. For me, if there's like a project, a thing I put, all my energy into it, 100, 110%, and then I get depleted. And then I put my energy into another thing, 110%. And to like really understand that like, it's okay to say no, it's okay to make time for myself and, and my wellness and well being. So for me, you know, um, back to what I was saying when I graduated, I was just saying yes to everything, yes, 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 yes. And 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 I yeah, it's hard for me to say no to gigs because at, at this point, gratefully, you know, I would say yeah, obviously before pandemic, I would say there's no gigs now. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but before pandemic, I was you know I wasn't sleep I wasn't sleeping enough, I wasn't resting, I wasn't eating well, I was gaining weight, like all this stuff. I was sick a lot, you know, um, and not taking care of myself because I was like yes 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 yes, yes. and um. And my body was showing me little signs. And like, for me, like it was a year ago, I felt, well, first it was a couple years ago, like sciatica started to um, settle in um, every now and then. And then um, as, yeah, a year ago, basically, I started to feel, um, you know, this uh, uncomfortable in my knee. Um, And then in 2020, I was doing, you know, yoga every day, like, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And then um, I saw a chiropractor. The chiropractor said I had scoliosis, which is a curvature in the spine. It felt like if, you know, if he could get me aligned, then maybe that would help with the knee issues. And then, and th- th- this is ironic that even during the quarantine, I was really busy because I was teaching at Michigan State University. And then, uh, you know, I'm trying to switch over to the virtual thing. And then trying to, uh, you know, finish up whatever gig things, not in person, but it became virtual and all that kind of stuff, doing a million videos and stuff for that. And then I was working for the Louis Armstrong House Museum. I was doing a children's show, um, like educational show thing, but it took, it was, it was a lot of work and it took weeks to like edit and do the whole thing. And um, and it was the last take of that. It was the last take of the Louis Armstrong thing. I was changing my costume or whatever. And I tripped and fell and fractured my femur. Um, I couldn't move. The ER had to come in and take me, um, ambulance, sorry, take me to the ER. And, um, and, and I was screaming all night and, and the x-ray and they took an x-ray and an MRI and it showed that I had a, they call it a giant cell tumor. Um, it's like the size of a golf ball and it eats at the bone. Um, mm. and it broke it, it like ate through my bone and broke it up into eggshell pieces what the doctor said. Um, and it started to eat into my muscle tissue. So they had to work really quickly to remove it. Um, and they replaced it with um, bone graft, um, cement, a plate, and six rods. And 
And my recovery should have been normal after that, but there was miscommunication with the doctor's office and with physical therapy. I was supposed to see a physical therapist in like 48 hours, but it was like two weeks before I saw one. And then that physical therapist wasn't getting the doctor's notes um, and didn't know what to do with me, you know? So, and it fast forward to like four or five weeks later, my leg freezes because if you don't do the right exercises, if you don't move it enough um the scar tissue builds and settles in place so that's what happened the scar tissue built and settled in place and it was frozen and i can't um can't bend it basically and um i can only at this point after two other surgeries so there was two surgeries um uh, there's two other surgeries after that to try to get the range of motion back through um removal of that scar tissue and, and they said it was more scar tissue than they removed out of any patient they ever had um wow. Because yes. in my case, apparently I grow or I have a defensive um, immune system and I just build scar tissue fast. And so, um, and then, yeah, manipulation under anesthesia. So it's like two operations of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the summer is at 50. Now it's at like 70. But, okay. you know, you need a minimum of 90 degrees to like function normally and to go upstairs and all that kind of stuff or to run or anything like that. And most people have 130, and I'm like stuck at 70. So um, right now, I'm you know I'm continuing to see physical therapy every day, um, and you know I have like this crazy expensive machine to help bend my knee, and you know I'm seeing a personal trainer and like a Pilates therapist and all this kind of stuff. But you know it's it's uh, um, it's very ironic, you know, the way that it happened is that like my body waited until I was completely done <laughs> with all my work. That was like my last obligation for a long time was the Louis Armstrong thing. And my body waited until then to break down. And then, you know, I'm like asking prayer for balance. I want to be more well. I want to live a more well-balanced lifestyle. And like now I'm forced to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all of this had to happen for me to learn this lesson. Yeah, right. I'm an idiot. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's for me. It's just like it's funny how life, you know, teaches you those lessons. I think, like I I check out this um, inspirational uh, uh, speaker Abraham Hicks, and she's like, you know, when you send desires out to the universe, they come back like they come back to you. But if you don't allow it, then there's going to be some confrontation there's going to be something that happens that forces you to allow that thing to come to you, you know? Um, so I felt like this was, <laughs> this this was it. That. <laughs> I asked, I asked for wellness. I, <laughs> I asked for well being of uh, to, to live a more balanced lifestyle and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I this is what, what I for. Yeah, yeah, I think this is what people said, like be very specific when you pray. Be specific for... <laughs> when you pray. Yeah. How you ask. Oh, How you ask, God. be very specific. Yeah. 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 Wow. Like this yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so... so finding balance. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyler and I, I think we did a whole episode about that and, and you know, our struggles with finding the balance in our lives with our schedule and all the things that happen. So, yeah, we, I think we definitely feel you and you kind of being forced, you know, it's forcing your hand, your body is forcing your hand to, mm-hmm. you know, find this new balance in your life and being physically and mentally healthy and all those things. So, yeah, yeah definitely understand that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big challenge you're you're going through and i, I it, you know correct me i don't i, I remember you did a, a campaign um fundraising campaign for that uh, if you want to talk a little bit about that you know yeah, yeah yeah no i well and you know i wasn't I, I wasn't going to and it was actually some friends in florida that because you know i'm like everybody's struggling i don't yeah yeah i don't want to put myself out there like that and my my friend was like if you need the help like you need you should ask like it's okay to ask for help um i have a hard time receiving you know so yeah. uh, love and support and you know all that stuff because you know the way i was raised you know <laughs> like i if i i don't want to ask anyone for anything that i can't do and like even with my mentors you know like winton like marcus marcus would always be like oh Rhonda, you, you should call me more or whatever and I'm like, I don't want to waste your time. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I, for me, it's like I the, asking is a last resort for me. You know, 
um, that I feel like I should be able to do it all on my own, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so like really learning the humility in asking and receiving, you know, um, that was one of the big lessons that I got from that. And then also like understanding that there's a community there, like that loves you and wants to support you in whatever direction that you're going. So like, you know, like social media and all of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I had a different perspective of it, which was like, you know, uh, I'm an artist, check out my show, check out who I'm playing with, blah, 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 blah. And I hated that aspect of social media. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, it's gross. I hate that. <laughs> um, but then for, with this, it like really taught me that like, oh, if, I, if I'm just honest with where I am in my life, I don't have to present myself every time. Mm-hmm. I can just like, just show everybody or share with everyone where I am in my process there will be people to meet you. There will be people mm-hmm. like I haven't talked to in 10, 20 years, you know, to to show their support and their love and how people came out of the woodworks, you know, people I haven't talked to in years, even Winston, you know, like whatever, you know, reached out and, and shared their love and support and concern. And like, I, yeah, I had no idea that that I meant for me that was the big lesson it wasn't like oh all this money yeah yeah, yeah. I meant which I'm grateful <laughs> beyond grateful for <laughs> obviously but for me it was the lesson was like you know being able to receive that much love to be able to receive that much support um and in my in my in in, in a place of weakness um that was what was beautiful to me that like I didn't have to present myself as put together I mm-hmm. can present myself or share myself as weak um, or not weak, but, you know, show myself as a, in a compromised state that not in the best <laughs> condition right. and people are still going to be there. People yeah. are going to show up more for that, yeah. you know, yeah. um, to uplift yeah. me. So that, that was just a huge life changing moment, you know? Absolutely. I think that's one of the issues with social media because I think, Oftentimes, social media, we try to present the best version of ourselves, and sometimes that's not even the actual who we are. Exactly. So when we are in, you know, tough situations, kind of hard to be forthcoming because that platform does not allow us, or it makes it hard for us to be honest and authentic because, as it goes against what, in some ways, it go against what those platforms are designed to do. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But it's, it's like how you use it. It's a tool. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. so one last question for you. <laughs> so you, you you mentioned it earlier, but you spent uh you know this past year teaching at Michigan State University um for um ATN another FSU alum. Um, while he was on a sabbatical, uh, what was that experience like? <laughs> and is teaching something you enjoyed? Uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I bet, honestly, it, it, it's like, okay, I got to put my words together the right way. Because <laughs> the opportunity was amazing. The gig was amazing. It was that it was another example of saying yes to everything that like, mm-hmm. I did that gig, but I was also so like, I was teaching there, I would fly over there and um, teach for like three days. But then I would go join a tour the net on that Thursday, like mm-hmm. throughout the West, rest of the week, or go to New York to play some more gigs and then come back. So I had no days off. Um, and like, you know, I was always on a plane, uh, running on like three, four hours of sleep. And it was my first year of teaching. And, you know, as I'm sure, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, that first year is just crazy. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I hadn't been back into the school atmosphere since I graduated. So it took a while. A lot of PTSD came back. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't resolve this. Okay, this is coming back. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and the way that it happened was like very, like it was like I was confirmed right in August. And, and because of certain situations, I had to build a curriculum, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the syllabus as I went, you know, um, because I didn't have a weekend off to like put together the lesson plans and all that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was really, really stressful and scary and all that kind of stuff. But, um, 
like one I I tell everyone I learned more in that one year of teaching than I did any of the years going to my going to school all all six years of school <laughs> technically seven like I I learned more in that um, in that one year of teaching because for me I I like I think you know I, I mentioned it before it's like it's I'm very indecisive but once I you know mm-hmm. commit myself to something I want to do the best that I can and so for me it wasn't just like clocking in doing somebody's gig for a year it was like oh how can I invest in like the future of of the music industry of the like these kids future basically they may not go on to do music but how can I inspire them how can I meet them where they are um, I took that very very seriously. Um, and for me, it wasn't, you know, because I felt like, um, at least in my education, it was, uh, you know, you have a professor or a teacher that knows the specific thing and like they beat it home to you that this is the way, this is the way to play and this is the way to approach the music and all that kind of stuff. And I I did not want to have that approach with mm-hmm. the students. I wanted to just be an open resource for whatever direction they wanted to go in music or whatever else it was, not not just music, composition, whatever, dancing, theater. Yeah, there was one kid that, like, amazing musician, but also loved to act. I'm like, okay, cool, let's talk to the drama department, whatever, you know. But uh, showing the whole spectrum, whether or not I had the skills. So, like, you know, um, like, if you're into avant-garde or whatever it is, like, I don't know much about it, but, like, let me help you find some resources or whatever. I want to give you the full spectrum of, like, what the what the music is, what jazz music is, um, not just one period of time. I want to show you everything that I can. And from there, you choose what direction you want to go in, mm-hmm. in the music. Um, yeah, I, I just, sorry, I have to, like... <laughs> That's a PTSD thing. <laughs> so I, I firmly believe, believe in that, showing the full spectrum of what uh, of what jazz music is, not just one period of time of it. Um, it. But you know, in that way, though, showing that I mean, and I'll I'll just explain why I you know have a little bit of PTSD is that like when you go to a lot of jazz schools, it's either very traditionalist, you have to know all the traditional stuff. Or it's very like bebop, or like you got to be playing the changes all the time. Or it's very like, um, you know, uh, how does? Or like, yeah, modern, very modern. Like, screw all this stuff in the past. We're just gonna do our thing, you know. And and they're always in competition with each other. And it's like there wouldn't be one without the other. It's like right. <laughs> it's a lineage. It's like it's it, this all connection. It's a continuum. Like all these styles are to are in support of each other it's like one of the th- exercises that i love doing well <laughs> uh leah leah edison would always be like you know you know beyonce you could trace her all the way to pops you know you always say that <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's true so what i do is with my students i'm like okay name yeah someone like lizzo or whatever okay like inspired by aretha inspired by Mahalia, inspired by bessie um, Bessie and Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong all the way to Bo- Buddy Bolden. So it's like, yes, there is, there is a lineage, there is a continuum, um, and and that's that's the playlist, you know. Like when with, with every student that I have, um, when they're trying to learn jazz, it's like name somebody like that that's alive that you are really inspired by, Winston, whoever it is, and build a tree back to you know back to Bolden, basically. <laughs> yeah. And and so that you can see that it's all connected. You are the next point in the lineage. Lineage. You are a part, a part of the jazz lineage or the musical lineage. You know, uh, and see how you're connected to all of it. Not like, oh, I'm only doing this period of it. You know. Um, sorry, I had to get off. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah, that's great. That. Um, but yeah, so I I do love teaching but i do take it seriously so like for me um and and i I have to give a special shout out to michigan state because michigan state has one of the best jazz schools in the nation um and that i I went to juilliard and i will say that (laughs) (laughs) that michigan state is one of the greatest jazz schools because rodney has built rodney whitaker has built a community number one that's just what it is it's, it's a community it's not you know oh well you got to you know appeal to these 
like i mean there's obviously a code of ethics as far as the music jazz music or whatever but like it wasn't like oh this is this is the standard and if you're not at the standard we're gonna kick you out or whatever it was like this is the standard we're gonna help you get there and help you grow as a person on the way you know Mm -hmm. and and like he treats everybody like family like you know i mean one obviously for me it's like to see a black man as the head as the director and to see him like be a great musician touring the world but then be a great educator because sometimes it's one or the other you know you have like a great touring artist but like clocks it in and phones it in as a as a professor as a teacher or vice versa like you have a, a great educator but is not really you know out here as an artist and he is a great touring artist a great artist uh, one of the world's greatest bass players, but then also a great educator and then also a great father. And like, you know, his wife is there in the administration, administrative part of of the department. And like his kids are always around and participating and like he treats the whole department like his family, you know. So to see like you don't have to phone it in like he's a great father. He's a great he's a great educator and he's a great artist. Um, I learned a lot from that guy. Yeah. Um, but it also showed me that like, okay, if I'm going to be a professor at a university or at a college, like I, it's a commitment, you know, mm-hmm. like getting married. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it, it comes, you have to take it as a priority. If you're going to do it right, you know, mm-hmm. you have to take it as a priority, um, in order to invest in these people's lives. You know, I take that very seriously. Like, I don't know what I could say or not say that completely changes that person's life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I want to make sure I, you know, treat them with kindness and um, gratitude because they're the future. You know, I'm going to be calling them. I'm going to be asking them for help, you know. Um, so, yeah, I take it. I take it seriously like that. And so for me, I, I want to make sure I'm ready because <laughs> <laughs> that's a big load. Um, yeah. But I, it's definitely something that I see in my near future, hopefully. Yeah. Awesome. That's well, so thank cool, you man. very much. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> no, no, that was great. Uh, but but before we uh, we wrap up, um, Tyler and I like to kind of end our episodes on a fun segment called like, "What are you listening to?" So, oh right, yeah. Fonzo, as our guest, I'm gonna let you go first. So, have you been listening to anything? This could be, you know, jazz, classical, R and B, rap, hip hop, like whatever. Or are you been listening to anything recently, or anything on your playlist that you've been jamming to lately? Well, yeah. So I, I'm a, yeah, obviously. Well, it's not that eclectic, but I have an eclectic listening list, and and also like you know, li- um, sorry, let me know if I'm ranting on too much, but <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening is something that I'm I'm trying to learn too because honestly after going to so much you know through so much school and all that kind of stuff it's like there is a little bit of ptsd thing with listening but mm-hmm. um you know finding the inspiration um in the meditative practice of listening i'm mm-hmm. getting back into and so uh, for me meditation <laughs> listening yeah. to uh mantras and affirmations um j- even just ocean sounds you know um starting there and then as far as like jazz stuff that i'm checking out i mean honestly i, I love um you know i love zodiac you know astrology and all that stuff so i've been checking out marquise's last album mm. um signs um uh, and i i think it's really dope that you know an example of these worlds that are seemingly separate that he bringing it he's bringing them together that he's interested in spiritual practices and astrology and he's a great jazz musician in bringing it together that like no one's really done that since mary lou williams and yeah sweet um so um yeah that's what i listen to okay i'll leave it all right (laughs) what about you tyler what you listening to so there's this artist, I guess she's been around for a while, uh Yiba, Y-E-B-B-A. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I ra- yeah, randomly found her uh and then kind of went through like down the rabbit hole of 
seeing all the stuff that she's been doing but oh yeah her runs like oh yeah i know, I know all day well you know jasmine sullivan's last record i i've been checking that out yeah oh that's what you're gonna say yeah, i was gonna say that man <laughs> <laughs> talking about runs so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so uh been checking her out and some of her music uh which has been which has been awesome because I don't know, for me, it's like you can kind of get caught in the trap of listening to the same handful of artists on repeat. And so when you find somebody new, uh, there's like this ex excitement and joy that comes from it. And so that's been, that's been really cool, like a new journey with that. Um, and kind of like what you talked about too, is like listening for just pure enjoyment, like the non-judgmental part of it, just exactly. listening and like appreciating, appreciating what that person has to offer. And um, yeah, kind of like turn the, turn the, uh, the schooling that you have and the background, this and that, and just turning that off and just appreciation. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Javian. <laughs> well, I mean, Fonz already said it, but uh, one, I, I, <laughs> so I, I've been listening to uh, Jasmine Sullivan's new, new album and also like her, she did the, uh, the Tiny Desk concert. Um, you can oh, find yeah. it on YouTube. It's I think it's her her new material that she sings on there. So I love the Tiny Desk concert series because it's all live music and it's just like so authentic and you can really get a sense of like who the artist is as not just an artist but a person that, as the you know as people and you can see the humor that they have, especially if they have like their whole band with them, which is normally the case. You can kind of see how they interact with each other. Um, so I've been listening to her stuff this week as well as uh, I don't know if you guys know PJ Morton. Of course. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah 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 so I, i've been listening to his stuff um uh, as well he's a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic uh musician and yeah. you know well, that's very great. I'm, glad, I'm glad you yeah getting introduced to pj i love pj oh yeah he's really uh, good i got to see him live at newport too uh, uh yeah, yeah yeah he's a great musician he's great absolutely so uh, I want to thank you again, Alfonso, for, you know, allowing us to talk with you um, on this podcast. I, I still remember, you know, being an undergrad at FSU and, and, and hearing you play and, and your dedication to practicing the fundamentals. Honestly, I learned a lot about, like, how serious you need to be about, like, the fundamentals of horn, just, like, watching you practice and your approach and your dedication and, and just how, like, serious you were about it. And it was always like really cool. And you're like one of the, you know, I was what, two years below you. So like seeing this guy who can play jazz really well, who can play classical really well. And um, so I, I, I wanna thank you again for joining us on this episode and um, so much good things really, like endless things for us to post. <laughs> I know, and, right? You know, when, when, you, when you joined the meeting, like hearing your laugh <laughs> again for like for the first time like because you know you were always known for like we knew if Anza was around about just that laugh oh Fonzo was somewhere in the building <laughs> uh, on the 10th floor like, yeah somewhere <laughs> like I could hear um, that laughter like miles away oh Fonzo's somewhere where is it <laughs> it's got good core laugh. Of he's, he's, a mile. He's, he's a mile away <laughs> <laughs> So before we wrap up, Afonso, if people want to like follow you, see what you're doing, um, where can people follow you or, you know, if you have a website or anything mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, it's just alfonsohorn.com. And then um, my, I need to change it, but my Instagram handle is hornswag, H-O-R-N-E swag. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But no, thank you all for so much for having me. Um, you know, I, as much as you say, I inspired you, you too have inspired me just, you know, seeing your hard work and dedication and all the things that y'all have accomplished. I'm, you know, beyond proud for both of y'all. I'm very proud of y'all and, um, happy to know y'all and to know y'all as friends, you know, very proud of you. So thank you. Duval. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, man, we appreciate your time and your energy. And we're so glad that we can put this out and share this with the world. Um, hopefully people reach out to you um, if they have questions or want to interact and just to know more about you. And uh, yeah, we, again, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
Of course, man. Of yeah. Course. And for all the listeners out there, if you guys can continue to follow us at Coffee and Clarks on Instagram and on YouTube, subscribe, give us, you know, a like there and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, five stars, hopefully. And uh, we'll try to continue putting out great content and moving forward from there. So thank you all for listening. And we hope to have new stuff out there pretty soon. See you guys next time.